Welcome back to Mormon Talk. This week's episode, <laughs> dramatic pause there. Have you had a revelation lately? Was that the one we were going to name it, Dave? Well, I get them all the time. I thought we were talking about the prophet having a revelation. Oh, oh yeah, or I was going to name it, what revelation have you had lately? That's a little bit longer, but... Um, so what the hell are we talking about? As usual, that's probably your question when you're listening to this podcast. This time, we're talking about the fact that we brought up in our last episode, right, this concept of continuing revelation in the church being one of its core beliefs and a belief that really sets it apart from other lay Christian churches in the world, most of which believe there is no more revelation directly coming from God, that the Bible is enough, right? And that's all you're going to get. Uh, so the Mormons say, no, heck, you know, God still talks to his prophets. There's 15 of them, actually. There's the president of the church, otherwise known as the prophet with capital letters. And then he has a first counselor and a second counselor. And then there's 12 apostles, which are looked upon by the church and taught to be what they call prophets, seers, and revelators. And that means all 15 of these guys talk directly with Jesus or God and get his will from him and then disseminate that out to the church. So pretty big deal, right? If that was real, that'd be like, holy crap, we're getting God's word here live. Um... There's just a slight issue, and that is there haven't been many revelations. <laughs> so, uh, I looked up yeah. the word reveal, okay, and it means to show that which is hidden. Duh, okay. Uh -huh. the, the word beneath that is revelation. Which now this is this isn't a concise dictionary, so it's a short definition, mm -hmm. but I like it. It says surprise. <laughs> <laughs> I swear that's this is Miriam Webster, the definition of revelation, surprise. Surprise. <laughs> surprise, huh. surprise. God changed his mind again. Okay, let's not go there. We but, talked about that uh, last time, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the revelation through another man. Maybe maybe we need to look at that issue. If God is the Father of us all, equally uh -huh. the Father of us all, and we are uh -huh. equally His beloved children, sons and daughters, uh -huh. why? Why would there ever be a need for someone in between? And uh -huh. hence the creation of all man-made religion. You're right, you're right. And that's yeah. biblical, right? If we're talking just about Christianity here, we have this concept way back in the Bible days, there was always a prophet. And the prophet was the special guy who got to talk with God, and he would get God's will or God's commandments or advice or direction or whatever, and then tell everybody else, God says this. And usually it would be prefaced with words like, thus saith the Lord, right? That kind of thing. Um, 
So if you look at the LDS Church, which says, yeah, we still believe that. God still talks to us. He talked to Joseph Smith, and he's talked to every prophet since, and the apostles, etc. Then you have this issue, not only that we talked about last time, of God's will apparently changing all the time, but if you look at the number of what the church might call revelations to the church as a broad organization, there haven't been many, right? I mean, historically, if you were to say, yep, I believe the Bible, that definitely happened, there were revelations going on all the time, right? And I would say, I'm going to venture and go out on a limb here, there's a lot of shit going on in the world today, right? There's wars and famines and and corruption and there's more need for frequent and helpful revelation from a God to tell his people how to cope with this or how to deal with these world issues or whatever than there maybe ever has been, I would think, right? Right, so there... Again, uh, anciently, and then supposedly restored through Joseph Smith, this system of God talking to men. So this was revolutionary. Oh, yeah. This was a radical idea brought forth by Joseph Smith that now God was talking again, Uh that all of these other churches were corrupt and not his church, and that Mm -hmm. this young man, this... uh, Stone boy, or whatever sorcerer <laughs> was, I thought was you now said stoned boy. I'm sorry, probably no, that's wasn't. Not appropriate. Unless he was no. token on the peyote. So now you know, and and it's a great story. I mean, if it, it, when the missionaries come knock on your door, that's one of their main approaches. Is hey, we believe there was a falling away in apostasy, but. Guess what? Here's the good news. It all came back. God is talking to his men again, or uh-huh. through men again, whatever, his men. <laughs> black, <laughs> men in black. That's the other. Wow, okay. That's the other church. Uh, okay, so he he's giving us revelation. So let's look at what real revelations have occurred, and let's consider how many of those of late have been revelations of convenience is what I would call them. Right, right. Um, Great point. So the one that comes immediately to my mind is the quote-unquote revelation that God wants to lower the time of church attendance now from three hours to two hours. Wow. Um... So first of all, to call something mundane like that a revelation is a little troubling to me. That sounds more like logistics or policies, right? Not a revelation from a god. Um, Again, I you know maybe I'm just being a little foolish here, but of all the important things God could tell us, oh by the way, you don't have to go to church for three hours anymore. (laughs) <laughs> That's a revelation. It, that would be right along the lines with, uh, I heard this in conference, when the revelation about new smaller temples, well, we can't afford 
to build these ultra-million-dollar temples everywhere. And, oh, boy, here comes a revelation to President Hinckley. Let's just make them smaller. Wow. That's, that's, so that's not a financial decision? Nope. No. It's a revelation. It's a revelation. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and look, sometimes it's difficult. So there's always a dilemma in the LDS religion with regard to determining what is a revelation and what isn't, right? So no longer, to my knowledge, did even Brigham Young or Joseph Smith as far back as that? Maybe they did use words occasionally like, thus saith the Lord, but I don't think they usually did. They would usually preface it by something like, hey, I was praying or... I was contemplating about such and such, and God revealed his word to me. Maybe. But a lot of times, especially in modern prophets, the last ten or so, whatever, I don't recall them regularly using terms in conference like, hey, God told me such and such, or thus saith the Lord, blah, blah, blah. They just spoke set a doctrine or a teaching, and it's assumed that that's directly received from God. Yes. There was a, a major talk given on that subject by President Benson. Yeah, where you, I you, say isn't that the one where he said you don't have to say, thus saith the Lord? Yeah, it was called yeah. the 14 points of the true prophet. Oh, yeah. And we, we were even asked to memorize that. those 14 points, Yeah, yeah. and one of them was the they don't have to preface anything with the thus saith the Lord. Right, right. Um, so if you so, took that stance, let's just take it, because that's what the church was instructed to do. And so, okay, anytime the prophet or the apostles speak in conference, let's call it official, like conference time, even though it's supposed to be whenever they talk um, as a church authority, but let's just say conference only. Whenever they talk there, whatever they say, you have to treat that like a revelation. Well, then it goes back to what you were just starting to talk about. Well, what revelations are necessary from God? What revelations are going on here? And if you ask a, a typical church member that, they'll say things usually like, oh, the restoration of the priesthood to the blacks, um... The end of polygamy. Those two are mentioned a lot as a big deal revelation. Um, but then comes the question, were they really, or were they a convenience for that time? Convenient. Right? Well, yeah, the church was threatened with almost an extinction if yeah. they didn't rescind their stance on polygamy. Right, so, right. It's a good and time for comes, God to change his mind, you know? Well, then comes the irony that they continued to live it for decades at the highest <laughs> level of the church. They just hit and it. Some of them even had to leave so that they could continue. Right, and wasn't Colorado it Joseph... City. I always confuse these two. Joseph Fielding Smith or Joseph F. Smith, you would know this, um, who was imprisoned over it? Well, Heber C. Kimball... So it would have been Joseph F. Smith, because he, he was the, the yeah. father of the first generation. And interestingly enough, his son, 
son's son's son-in-law's son, Joseph Fielding McConkie, mm-hmm. when I was going to seminars and lectures and just these are the the church's chief apologists from BYU. He gave a talk on section 76 and he prefaced prefaced it by saying, "Now here's a real revelation." <laughs> section 76 meaning it it wasn't a statement like most of the doctrine and covenants have to do with shit that's going on. At that time. And Joseph gets up and says, well, here's what we're going to do. And it, it ends up being a, a section in the Doctrine and Covenants. And so he's, he's actually letting you know, no, this is different than those other so-called revelations. Here's a real revelation, meaning here's Joseph's creative mind in overdrive. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah. So one of the um, yeah. quotes, one of the sections that's often quoted, Thou shalt give heed unto all his words and commandments which he shall give unto you. For his word you shall receive as if from mine own mouth in all patience and faith. Yes. So we have, among a thousand other instances, Nancy Rigdon was approached by Joseph, asking her to become a spiritual wife. Uh-huh. And she refused him. She was one of the few that said, nah, sounds kind of kinky to me, yeah. and said no. And so he, Joseph responded with this letter, and this is a, a small quote, very well known. Whatever God requires is right, no matter what it is, although we may not see the reason thereof until long after the events transpire. If we seek first the kingdom of God, all good things will be added. So with Solomon, first he asked wisdom, and God gave it him. And with every desire of his heart, even things which might be considered abominable to all who understand the order of heaven only in part. Now see, the reason you don't get polygamy is you're a dumbass. That's what he just said. But which in reality were right because God sanctioned them by what? Special revelation. Oh, damn, there it is. Yeah. Special. Not just revelation, special revelation. Interesting. Interesting. And, um, yeah, it's... (laughs) (laughs) Boggles the mind, doesn't it? (laughs) Well, I was just thinking, wasn't it section one of the Doctrine and Covenants where it says, whether by mine own voice or the voice of my servants is the same? Right, that's the famous one. I'm pretty sure, yeah. And right. um, again, look, if my servant says it, and then comes all this dialogue in the church, right, where people have said some pretty funky stuff in the past, and we look back and say, well, that time he was talking as a man. Okay, well... <laughs> That's convenient. Wait a minute. He was in conference. Well... You know, not always what they say in conference is from God. Well, I thought we were told that when they talk, it's God talking. We're supposed to receive it as the same. Well, and you get in this very problematic issue where you've got to decide, was he talking as a prophet or was he talking as a man? And, um, you know, we've talked about this point before. We'll probably talk about it again. 
in the future, but this is one of the cruxes of the issue. If you believe God is giving current revelation to the leaders, but you don't always know when they're talking for God, are these things really revelations that you call revelations? Or could they be the result of external pressures and other things that were happening at the time? Well, I think the answer is clear when you look back at things like polygamy, to your earlier point. Not only was the church threatened, but wasn't that an issue with Utah seeking statehood? Yes, absolutely. Hey guys, you gotta yeah. knock this shit off, or you can't become a state, essentially. Okay, we'll, we'll stop, honest. And then they continue to practice it for decades, which, what do you call that? That's lying <laughs> for the Lord. Okay, which is a whole other podcast topic. Well, it's breaking the law, too. The breaking law of the, the land. Law. Breaking the law, breaking the law. I'm thinking of Judas Priest there, sorry. Um, <laughs> never apologize for that. Never apologize for Judas Priest. Um, so, that's problem two. We'll just set that aside for a moment. And then with the blacks and the priesthood, what was going on during that time period? Uh, politically, the, the whole... The you know the discrimination erupted, of course, or the racist earlier uh, tensions back in the late uh, '60s. Yeah, when Martin Luther was taken out and, and Kennedy for different reasons and his brother and so on, but uh, Malcolm X and all of that. Uh, but it didn't just go away. No, Major and, and so it wasn't that uh, civil level, you know, national level of racist. Uh, uh, disruption in that it was more the pulse and the church is very good at this and this is why they i believe they changed a lot of the things in the temple they keep a pulse on the uh, feelings uh what's the word? feedback i guess is a better word for it from the members i think that's the reason behind the two-hour block the reason behind the penalties taken away from the, the temple the, the blacks being allowed to have the priesthood. We want to be God. We want to tell them what to do. But when they kick hard enough, we better comply or we're going to lose them. Interesting. Do you concur on that? I do. Very interesting. In every um, instance, that's what I see. I mean, maybe I'm jaded. Maybe I'm in jilted or whatever. I haven't. Well, uh, <laughs> another story. <laughs> oh. uh, yeah, it's like, well, I as a member of a bishopric had dozens, it seemed like, of single women. Interesting how the bishopric gets to deal with the single women. Uh, and during interviews and that, especially Temple Recommend interviews, they would express concerns. I don't see anything about Jesus in in that uh, ceremony, and uh, and then in 1990 I was working as a temple worker when the when the, cha the the first radical changes were made. Penalties were dropped. Yeah. Yeah, that was the big one, but there were a lot of others, the five points of fellowship and so forth. Was also dropped. Yes. Yep. And I I was sitting there, you know, yeah. but God said so. But, <laughs> you but know, but he the, never the changes thing was, his mind. That goes back to the topic of our prior podcast episode. But 
So yeah, the thing is, there there must have been a level level of uncomfortability. Uncomfortability. I can talk amongst the members, especially the sisters, mm-hmm. it, it, with the five points of fellowship and so yeah. forth. And it it got to a point where they said, "Well, hell, let's just get rid of that." Why am I pressing you know? my tits against this guy's chest? Yeah, I'm exactly. uncomfortable. That's yeah. it. And, Which and, they the, and be. the feedback was loud enough. The kickback yep. was. Enough to make a change. We had enough people that said, look, I don't understand. As a black or as a person concerned about blacks, why can't they hold priesthood? Are they not Mm -hmm. God's son and and or daughter? Hello, get married, and then you're a part of the deal, too. Uh, And that was it. it. It got loud enough, and they said, well, pretty good time to have a revelation. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, you know, we talked about this again a little bit last episode, but everybody throws Brigham Young under the bus. Well, those were her, his theories, right? He was just a bigot. Interesting that God would call a bigot as a prophet, but that's another issue. And so let's just ignore Brigham Young. Well, guys, everybody after Brigham Young until Kimball right. taught the same thing. It wasn't just Brigham. Every prophet afterward, when asked about anything related to that topic, uh, 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 this is the doctrine of God. Blacks will never have the priesthood, ever. And there's documentation after documentation stating the official stance of the church after Brigham, all the way up until 1978. So let's not make believe and just throw poor old Brigham under the bus, even though he was kind of a scary guy. Um, Everybody stated it. And then all of a sudden, boom, God changes his mind. Well, no, it was a revelation. It was a timing. It had to be a timing thing. Well, if it was a timing thing, why did everybody say, why did they use such strong language? This is God's will. This is the way it's always been. This is the way it always will be. There's no timing thing there. You know, it's hard for me, uh, for, let's say, a black man that was aware of the things that were taught mm-hmm. uh, and the and reason now... stated for this this uh, restriction, including the fact that they were less obedient in a pre-mortal life. That's pretty harsh. And then to be able to turn around and say, Oh, we were just kidding. Oh, thank God the prophet had a revelation, now I can join this church. <laughs> that taught those things. I don't know how I, that's that could a even happen. Topic, bro. Yeah, how how can yeah, someone I mean, rationalize that? Right, that's some serious wow. cognitive dissonance. Yeah, so anyway. you know we've been harping on the black priesthood thing. Uh, we talked about polygamy. So then comes the topic, right? Hey, all right, we got it here. Modern revelation. So we've had we've had to have had some pretty cool revelations since then, right? Since 1978. What kind of revelations have we had? Uh, has to be some big ones. I mean, you got the Cold War period all the way through. Again, that started back in the 50s, really, and 60s, but it went all the way through the 80s, right? Cold War, mm-hmm. Reagan era. Uh, God, what would you have us do in this very precarious nuclear threat world? So what was the revelation? Is that crickets I hear? 
I think so. Now, well, Revelation is based on the presence in the Church of the Holy Ghost. Okay. So you, it is taught in the Church that a person can get a personal revelation mm -hmm. through this gift of the Holy Ghost that's bestowed upon them at their baptism, mm -hmm. but that revelation would only be pertaining to their life, okay, their personal so life. The so, church. right? Yes. So mm -hmm. we've got these fifteen men who speak for. Well, they're telling us the whole world, not just for the church. Okay. And and this is based on this spirit, and this this Holy Ghost. So again, it goes back to what we discussed last week that. You know, it's up to you to be able to discern the presence of the Holy Ghost. I can tell you that one of the main things that happened to me after I had some real, for me, authentic spiritual experience as I continued to attend church is it was spiritually dead. And I had noticed it before, a lack of what you might call a spiritual presence. But after I had had some experiences, which we may talk about briefly at some later time, that showed me my own personal truth in the course of my life, as I attended church, I thought, this is, there's nothing here at all that <laughs> even begins to uh, resemble a spirit, I mean, you could go to a, oh. is it Pentecostal church, mm -hmm. and you'd say, well, those people are just rocking out. Well, that's closer to spirituality than anything I experienced in the Mormon church. I started becoming physically ill attending church, and that, that, that's a different topic, actually, why the, the literal physical illness started to set in mm -hmm. because of cognitive dissonance and the effect that that can have on your physical body. Yeah, and the effect so, that the breakdown of that can have so as well. I, I'm not there. I'm not in the temple or at the church headquarters, and I'm not sitting there with, with the prophet when he gets one of these revelations. I have no idea how that came to him, but that's not the point. I'm a member, and the only way I can maintain a faithful membership is to just always agree, Period. Yeah, and the slightest yeah. disagreement, well, you are you are in a state of apostasy. You are under the influence of a lying spirit or a deceitful uh, spirit. Mm -hmm. What are you doing in your life that's opened you up to these kind of doubts? <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. And and here's the thing: the definition of a prophet, I presume, means that. Look, you're going to be talking with God directly, conversing yeah. with God, and you're going to get his will and his answers for the church. No matter when you're a prophet, if it's during peace times, war times, whatever time, what's going on, whatever, social pressures, you're going to get God's will through all of that, which could be very valuable to the broader church, depending on what's going on in the world, right? Mm -hmm. And we have right. these interesting experiences that have happened in the past that have been very, I would say, kind of enlightening. So we have Joseph F. Smith being questioned 
during the Smoot hearings, and you'll recall this. Yes. Uh, and there's this famous little dialogue that happens here. So you have a senator, Senator Dubois. Uh, so let me just read this portion of the Smoot hearing. It's kind of interesting. So Dubois says, let the stenographer read it. The reporter read as follows. Senator Dubois states, have you received any, he's talking to Joseph Smith here. Have you received any revelation from God which has been submitted by you and the apostles to the body of the church in their semi-annual conference, which revelation has been sustained by that conference through the upholding of their hands? Mr. Smith, since when? Dubois. Since you became president of the church. Smith. No, sir. None. Whatever. Wow. Senator Dubois. Individual members of the church can receive individual revelations, can they not? Smith. If I may be permitted, the word revelation is used very vaguely here all the time. No man can get revelations at his will. If a man is prayerful and earnest in his desire and lives a righteous life and he desires information and intelligence, he will inquire of the Lord and the Lord will manifest to him through the presence and influence of his spirit, his mind, and his will. That would be a revelation to that individual. What is the answer to the question? Is not that an answer? I think it is an intelligent answer and a very satisfactory one. It seems to me it is full. I want to hear what the question was, Mr. Reporter. Will you please read it? Individual members of the church can receive individual revelations, can they not? Smith, I think I've answered that very well, if you think that is an answer. <laughs> wow. Um, so, as the president of the church, under your own definition, have you received a revelation? Smith, I cannot say that I have. Wow. Well, at least he's honest. Honest. Yes. Yeah. He wasn't I lying mean, for the Lord. Point. Point for honesty. Scenario. Yep. But, uh oh. <clears throat> I have never had a revelation. I've never received God's will. But you're the prophet. Okay, so fast forward because we're jumping to the end of our, or we're getting to the end of our time here. Yeah. Right. Um, big, real, big revelations. Women don't have to wear the veil over their face in the temple anymore. And that was how recent, to the best of your uh, knowledge? A couple I... months here, pretty recent. Okay, that's, that's pretty um, Same time period, uh, church reduced from three hours to two hours. Or also now, the temple, I guess Eve participates more, and uh, the language has been changed, so Adam again. and Eve are both covenanting to obey God's will, not Eve obeying Adam if he obeys God's will. So they both covenant so again, separately. Every aspect of that that ceremony that is offensive is by degrees being removed. Yep. Yep. There it is. It's that simple. But that was a revelation, wasn't it? The original oh, oh. stuff. Yeah. Of course. The whole ceremony. Wow. Well, I wonder what the Masonic Lodge would have to say about all this. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, two key points there being the temple ceremony was supposed to have come from God. It actually came from Freemasonry. Once we found that out, we said, no problem. The Freemasons go all the way back to the Temple of Solomon, and they 
captured some of that ceremony mm -hmm. as they were building the temple. They were watching these ceremonies, and so they captured them, and they brought them into their own structure, and they passed those down through the years, and now we have them again, which is absolute and utter tripe and bullshit. The Freemasons had nothing to do with Solomon's temple and received and witnessed no such ceremonies. Look it up. I studied in depth real quick. I don't want to go too deep, but I did study that portion of church history in depth, mm -hmm. trying to find clear statements of the connection between Joseph's attendance at the Free Masonic Lodge in, in the Kirtland, and and so forth, and the timing of the creation of the endowment ceremony. <laughs> and there, there's a clear correlation. Yes, there's there very little written down anywhere that I could find yeah. that that clearly, you know, makes this this connection. But the, again, the timing is irrefutable, he, I, I could, in his mind, the way his mind worked from what I can see, he thought, well, this is convenient. This yeah. stuff works. This is a good way to keep people in line. We have to remember what had just been happening to the church. Half 12 left. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. a lot of the members, and it's like, we got to rein these people in. Let's get them to slit their throats and empty their bowels and do all these well, or threaten to do these things. Another way That'll of looking keep at it. What? Yeah, another way of looking at it besides reining the people in and controlling them, which is definitely a part of it, was hey, I got to have some kind of a revelation. Yeah, that's I got to show them I'm a real prophet. Yeah, and Maybe this stuff I've been participating in with Freemasonry is pretty cool. Most people don't know about it, especially women. So let's introduce it as a revelation. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, that, that's right about the same, at the same level as the book of Abraham. He didn't know, I don't think he could have known how bad that would ultimately backfire. Of course But not. they're still using it so, you know, again, you just make up a story about the fact that it was first. And, you know, well, let, let's, big picture, why does God need something like that? If, his, if he loves his children unconditionally, and they love him, why so many hoops to get back to his presence? Are you talking about the temple ceremony again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, no, you're right. You know, well, in the fact that, again, it was a revelation. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, there was a lack of revelation, so your point is well taken. Here's a good time to show the people that, hey, I am a prophet. Look, look what I God. did. Yep, here it comes. Here it is. Oh, interesting. It is. I can't think of any other big deal revelations since 1978, though. No. I am struggling. No. no. That's it's 30 policy. years ago. It's just policy. 40 and years ago. A lot of it's financial. Mm -hmm. And again, responding to the needs and concerns of the members. Right. As far as their, their complaints. What would you want 
a revelation about? If you were in the church today, you believe the prophet's really the prophet, the apostles really there, talk to God? There's a really good question right there. Yeah. I can think of a few things that are pretty significant going on in the world. Right. How do we best resolve political issues, starvation, the wars that are going on right now? If you look historically, God always had something to say about that stuff, right? Oh, yeah. Biblically, especially, right? In fact, the church should, if you follow that pattern, the church or some people within it somehow should be helping to guide the United States government and the United States military. Um, (laughs) Right? Because... Wow. God has an active say in who should win wars and in democracy and freedom, etc. One nation under God, right? So I would think, at least for the United States, there'd be some pretty potent revelations going on right about now. Well, here's a consideration. Am I truly one with my fellow brother, member of the church, living in Russia, who's 100% or China, maybe, 100% communist. In his beliefs, politically, I'm a Republican in Utah, but we're both members of the same church who believe in the same God, and yet our political views are vastly different. Is there any issues there? Well, and impactfully different to the down to the level of individuals' lives and freedoms. Yeah, good question, bro. Well, folks, we're knocking on 40 minutes in a couple minutes here, so we probably should wrap this up. But interesting topic. Uh, If you can think of any revelations of gravity that have happened since 1978, we're going to put a little blog up about this, I think, on the website. Mm -hmm. and, And please comment. You know, because I can't think of any, really, and I don't think there has been any. Um, hmm. Yeah. Any final word, bro? Uh, I send my peace to all. <laughs> and to all, <laughs> a good night. A good night. Uh, yeah. All right, guys, we will catch you next week on the flip side.